Hey, I'm Dave, and you're listening to another episode of Dying to Listen podcast presented by the Disc Golf Dyers Guild. So today we have Justin from JL Dyes, and we are not going to go in circles, but we are going to learn something uh, and learn a little bit more about Justin. So Justin, I greatly appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day to be on here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll jump right in. I always feel like I asked this question first, but I'm assuming you play disc golf, right? Yes, I do play disc golf. Uh, when did you get started and how long have you been playing? Um, I first like discovered disc golf. I was at like a summer camp back, I think in like 2011, 2012. I played there. They had like a small like nine hole course. And I played like a couple times there, but not really. I didn't really get into it then. It was like a couple of years after, probably about 2014 2015 and then from then on i was just i was hooked played all the time and right now i played quite a bit that's awesome what does disc golf mean to you um i think it's just something to where like like i get to get outside meet new people and like uh, i recently moved down to grand rapids about four years ago and i met so many people through disc golf already i feel like there's a lot of decent courses in that area right yeah there's probably 10 15 that are within like half an hour so we got quite a few courses here do you play during the winter i do uh not as often in the summer like as in the summer but i occasionally go out when there's when there's some snow but not as often uh, do you attach anything or do anything to your discs so you don't lose them in the snow? I do not. I've oh. tried it before and there's just like, it's annoying when you have like the, cause people like tape stuff like on the bottom and it tends to like fall off. So mm-hmm. I just, why bother? What got you into disc dying? Um, I was, uh, spectating Ledgestone. Uh, I think it was in 2019 and one of the vendors had died discs. And when I saw that, I knew that was something that I could, I could like replicate because he had like the spin die on the edge and I think it was like a shaving cream in the middle. So I had bought that disc. I begged it for a while. And then a few months later, I actually bought the spin table or the turntable and it's just, everything happened from there do you remember who that dyer was that you bought the disc from i do not remember no Hmm. when so you said 2019 but when did you really get into disc dying uh i believe it was september of 2019 so i know i i got like the turntable and i was kind of like messing around like a few other like techniques but I didn't really get into spin dying until like probably like closer to 2020. What other dye techniques have you tried? Um, I started off like probably most people with like shaving cream. I did like shaving cream and like the ultimate frisbee with the eye dye poly. And there's, I tried lotion dyes. I did that for a couple weeks and then stopped (laughs) so what what made you like and stick to the spin dying 
Um, I enjoyed the lotion and like shaving cream dyes, but uh, I actually messed up a disc pretty bad. And it was, I don't know if you want to do the story now, but sure, my fail story, I'll even show you the disc. Uh, I know this has happened to some people, so I'm not too embarrassed about it. Um, I was heating my disc in the oven and the oven was actually turned on and <laughs> it melted the disc. <laughs> and this was the last like uh, lotion dye I've ever done. So after that happened, I ended up stopping and then I stuck to spin dyes. So. Well, that disc <laughs> looks like it's pretty saturated, so it definitely had the heat. <laughs> yeah, so I, when I was doing it, I was doing the top and, and, and the bottom as well hmm. to get like that good saturation. Yes. Um, another lesson for people, please don't use your oven. There's other better ways. <laughs> do you still have your first turntable and or do you use a different one currently? I do not have the first turntable. It's the same exact one that I use now, but the one I was using, I had it on my counter and tripped over the cord, fell on the ground and broke. So I just okay. went on Amazon and bought the same one because I liked it so much. What do you use so everybody can run out and buy one? I use just like a Jensen 3-speed. as like the 33, 45, and... 78 speed speeds on it do you know if that's direct drive or belt driven i have no clue okay i don't really know because i feel like there's a big debate of you know you need direct drive so i see uh, that quite a bit on like the dyers page on facebook but i only had one so i don't really know the difference well i want you to send me the link so i can find out <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, direct drive doesn't matter. Get whatever you need. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm assuming it's pretty smooth for you. There's like no wobble or anything. There's like a little wobble, but it's not too bad. Not to where like it makes that big of a difference. Gotcha. Uh, and how do you um, mount or prop up your disc on the turntable? Well, mine, like most, have like that metal piece in the middle. And I found a disc that was like tall enough to where like it stood above it. And then I just placed uh, my discs on top of that one. I've been doing it for like two years and haven't had a problem with it. So whatever works, uh, yeah. how do you bottom spin and how the hell do you hold that disc like that without wobbling? Um, I don't really die like spin down the bottom very often. When I do, I'll just get like a roll of tape and just set it on top of that. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm gonna do a shameless plug, and if you like Dave's spin die Jay Greg, I will send you one. I mean, I can try one out, test it out, yeah. see how it is. If you don't like it, just throw it in the garbage. But honest <laughs> feedback is welcome. Yeah. Um, this next question is going to be pretty obvious, I think. But what is your must-have die accessory? Probably the turntable. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to get that question out of the way. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest part of dying, and what is the easiest part? The toughest part is probably getting saturation on some discs. Because I know, like, with, like, glue beds and, like, the Floetrol 
some people could get like pretty good saturation with spin dyeing you have to go over like so many layers to get like that very like bright saturation and i feel like that's so like it's really difficult on like uh, like the glow discs or like the clear discs those are like my most difficult or the ones i had the most difficult with so i have some specific questions for the spin dyeing which i feel like we're going to be talking a lot of spin dye stuff yeah. um trying to think where do i want to start what mixture do you use for your dye i actually use worm dip for all of my dyes i use i use Prochem, but i buy like the clear worm dip jars and i put about usually a teaspoon or one and a half teaspoons of the dye in it i mean why do you like worm dip versus anything else uh that's just kind of like what i like other than like the iodine poly that's like all i've ever used so that's just kind of like what i stuck with i think i've that's tried like straight like acetone and iodine poly but it was just like like very like oversaturated and like i it was a struggle to get like some dye have you tried denatured alcohol i have not mm. no um I wonder how that would compare to that worm dip, like what the strength is for you know, the absorption. Because uh, it sounds like it's not as harsh or as extreme as acetone. Mm -hmm. but, and I know denatured is not as strong with that. So, huh, interesting. What device do you use to put the dye on the disc? I use brushes. Uh, I've no, I know some people use like Q-tips. But I've always used brushes. So, any specific kind of brushes? Um, I have like you can get like these brushes. I don't remember what they're called, but they're round brushes. You can find them at um, Walmart for like I think it's less than ten dollars. Any sizes from like five to eight are usually pretty good. Anything smaller than that, like. It tends to dry out pretty quick, like when putting it on the disc. So usually sizes five to eight work out pretty well. When you um, dip the brush into the dye, do you like have it sopping wet or do you try to kind of uh, squeegee some of the dye out before you put it or apply it on the disc? I usually try to get most of it out because usually when it, <clears throat> I usually when I have too much on it, you can kind of see like a glob on the disc. To where then I had to like try to fix that mistake. How do you prevent streaking? Because I know I have some issues with that. And I don't know if it's because I use acetone and the dye or if that worm dip helps with that. Don't know because I know some of my discs have like the streaking. It's just like <clears throat> going over it with like a light amount of dye on the brush. And it's just, just going over it multiple times to where it kind of just like slowly starts to like blend in. Where did you learn about the lollipop spin? I know he doesn't do much anymore, but it's uh, disc.qualified. I follow him on Instagram, and he's been doing it, I know, for quite a while. And he does a lot of, like, lollipop spin dyes, and that's kind of, like, where I got my inspiration from. So the first time that you tried a lollipop spin dye, how did that go? Not very good. 
No. Uh, I never, I didn't used to use black when I first started, so you could see like a lot of mistakes. You could see like like my brush strokes were like all over the place, and yeah, I wasn't very good at it when I first started. Can you give us a little uh, breakdown and explanation of how you spin dye specifically with like the lollipop spins from start to finish? Yeah, usually starting out like as like the disc is spinning, you, I usually create like two lines, usually about like inch and a half apart. And then just, as it's spinning, you start from like one of those lines and just usually I start from the inner line. And then I pull the disc towards like the outer line. So that's how I get that like curvature like in the disc, like around the die. Keep doing that until I make my way all the way around the disc. Are there certain colors that you like to start with? Um, not really. Like it depends on the disc and the colors that I'm using. Um, I usually try to go for some lighter colors first, but sometimes like if I'm doing like pink and purple, I'll do like purple first. And sometimes I like when I put the pink down that some of that purple will get inside of the pink to make it like kind of cool looking. So I know you mentioned that you use black to fix some mistakes. I'm yeah. assuming that black is last. And what mistakes do you typically fix with black? Usually like, uh, cause from starting from one line to another, like as the disc is spinning, um, I tend to go like over the lines a little bit and I just like fix that mistake when I'm done with it. What speed do you use when you spin die and, or do you change the speed at all for anything? When I'm doing just like a normal spin die, just like the straight lines, I usually do have it like all the way up, like fast as it can go. And then when I'm doing like the lollipops, I usually have it at, at the 33 speed. Do you have any tips or tricks that you could give people <laughs> to do lollipops? Because for me, timing is very difficult. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much like all it is, is timing and just trying to find like a good rhythm. I think that was my biggest struggle is finding rhythm when I first started. But like I used to do kind of like a beat in my head to where like I would go along to, to where so every time like the disc would spin, so when that line comes back around, I'd have like my own beat and I'll just find that rhythm. Do you mark the center at all so you know where it is? I do not. So yeah, I was gonna say, mm. so what's your signature style? <laughs> but in your own words, what's your signature style? Definitely spin dying. What attracts you to spin dying and why do you like it? It's just something that not a lot of people do. And when I started, like, even like back then, there was few people who did it. And when the people that did it, they were just doing like normal spin dies. But with like the lollipop ones, I knew that was something that would stand out among like the other disc golf dyers. And I just continue to do it. And that's what I like doing. Do you get inspiration from any other dyers or um, any other places for your spin dies? Yes, I know there's a few other dyers. Uh, Chris Tannis from Daddy Mac Dyes. I know he does like the like the brown on the edge and like that like purpley blue colors in the middle and stuff like that. And I've tried to replicate it with spin dyeing, which I've had like some success with it, but it's it's very difficult. 
but it's a lot of fun trying to do like replicate like colors that other people have worked with. And speaking of colors, what are your favorite colors to work with? I have, I think it's Flame Scarlet from ProChem. Uh, I have a few colors that I've actually mixed myself from ProChem that I really enjoy. I have like a like a darker blue. I have like a like a darker teal color, and then I have like a pinkish red color that I like is like a really nice like mixture. For that clear coat worm dip, that isn't that UV reactive, and does that make the dye that you put in there slightly UV? Yeah, I'm pretty sure all except black from worm dip are UV reactive. When you put ProChem into the clear worm dip, do you just take like the jar that it comes in and just eat some ProChem in there, or do you put it in a separate jar to mix up smaller batches? No, I just pour it right into like the bottle. Sometimes I'll have like a jar and I'll kind of mix like a few different colors, kind of see where like what that turns out. And but the difficult thing is, is when I do that, like the saturation isn't like fully there right away. So if I make like a good color, <clears throat> I know like a week later it's going to be a little bit darker and it's going to turn a little bit different. So that's kind of like a the hardest part about mixing dyes is like, it's going to be a little bit different than from when I first mixed it. Hmm. That is interesting. Have you ever tried to mix the pro cam with a little bit of water before you put it in? I have not. I know some people say like it helps with the saturation, but I don't, I've never tried it. Yeah. I mean that helps with acetone, but I don't know how that would work with the, um, the worm dip. But I'm very curious to see what worm dip actually has for their medium. I know worm dip is acetone, but I don't know like like what their like mixture like is because I think some acetones are stronger than others. Yeah, I feel like they cut it with something, or it's slightly different than like the acetone that you get at a hardware store. Yeah. How much dye do you actually go through in a month or something like that? Um, with spin dyeing, I actually don't go through very much. I have like say this jar. I've like there's I just refilled it like a few weeks ago, but usually one of these will last me like five to six months. But the black is what I go through the most because I use it on every single disc and I usually go through one like full jar, probably like one to two months after refill it. So I don't go through them very like very fast. They tend to last quite a while. How many discs do you do? Well, I like earlier this year. I was doing quite a bit. I was doing probably like like 30 to 40 discs a week, which is pretty difficult for spin dyeing because it, it takes a while and it's very hard to like concentrate when you're doing like multiple discs. But right now I'm not doing as much. Uh, probably do like like 10, maybe 15 a week. How long does it take you to do an average, um, say, lollipop spin die? Uh, usually just like the edge dies. Uh, it probably takes me anywhere from half an hour to 45 minutes, depending on the colors I use. But if I'm doing like a full lollipop spin die, those can take like hour, hour and a half, depending on like the color and like the um, design that I'm doing. For getting saturation, how many 
if you even know how many layers do you do for a color to get the saturation that you're looking for it depends on the color i know like uh like usually like the red orange pink like the those colors are a little bit easier i usually do about like 20 to 30 for those some of the colors take like usually black is the most difficult and that usually goes like 30 to 40 layers to get like that really dark or bright saturation do you have any favorite types of plastic that you like to dye i really enjoy dyeing mvp and axiom plastic i feel like theirs for like spin dyeing like work really good like the neutron plastic is probably my all-time favorite because the color like the <clears throat> the colors come out better than any other plastic like on the white plastic than other brands i've tried that's fascinating because I never heard anybody say that they that's their favorite, um, which is that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I've tried I think most brands out there, and MVP Neutron Plastic is by far my favorite. Um, so I'm an MVP slash Axiom <laughs> fanboy, so that's like music <laughs> to my ears. <laughs> uh, how does the Fission Plastic take the die for you? Um, I've only done a few, but I know they take dye pretty well. It's pretty similar to their neutron plastic. It maybe comes out like a little, little, <clears throat> little more like um, matted. Like the colors come a little more matted, but they still pretty good. And speaking of discs, where do you get your discs from? I actually buy all of my discs from Great Lakes Discs. They're a local shop here in Grand Rapids, and I'm actually sponsored by them, so. Do you sell any of your discs in their store? I do. Uh, that's where I first started dying, or selling my discs. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I know the owner pretty well. Uh, when I started out, I was like talking to him about it. He let me put like a few discs out on the shelf, and they sold pretty quick. So then it's just been going pretty well ever since. So do you dye discs to have an inventory of stuff that you like to do, or do you do more commission-based work? I do mostly commission. I do sell an Etsy, but I don't post discs there as much as I used to. Um, I'm hoping this coming year I can post more on Etsy, but it's mostly, mostly commission work. Have you... I know you play, but have you vended at any tournaments or events? I have not. I've wanted to, but I, I'm i usually the one that wants to play rather than vending. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do both. And it's like, ooh, disc golf, I want to go play. Yeah. Do you have any weird or interesting commissions that you've had? For spin dies, I don't think I've had too many like weird once i've had somebody try to pay me and use discs before yeah. <laughs> i've had like they've sent me like i think it was like two or three used discs in the box that their disc that they sent me and they're like oh this is like what i'm paying you in like i'm not paying you cash or anything and i died the disc the guy didn't want to pay me so i kept the disc and sold it to somebody else and <laughs> kept the use of plastic <laughs> that uh that's fascinating that someone could think you know that's how i'm gonna pay you if it yeah huh fascinating yeah it was it was definitely pretty weird <laughs>
So back to dyeing, you do the spin dyeing, but I've also seen that you do a splatter type effect. Yes. Can you explain how you do that? Um, just with the paint brushes, I'll dip it in the jar of dye, and then I'll just kind of like flick the brush, and that gets like that splatter effect. Is it relatively messy or clean? Um, uh, it's pretty messy, but I have like a box I put the disc in that has like like the wall surrounding it, and it's like down in the bottom, and then I just splatter the dye inside of that. Speaking of kind of that, man, I'm bad at segues. Where's your dye set up? We actually just got a two-bedroom apartment, so we have a spare bedroom that I'm using right now as like an office slash like storage room. I used at our old apartment. I was dyeing discs on our counter, but I we bought a desk and I started using that right after. Have you had any uh, spillage accidents at all? I have not had like big spill accident i've had like dye kind of like splatter onto like some services but i haven't spilled dye before i spilled dye on like my desk before but never like on the floor or any other surfaces my biggest fear is um i feel like i'm pretty clumsy and my hand-eye coordination isn't the greatest and when i'm spin dying i have that open jar and i'm just mm. like very slowly and careful of where my arms and hands are going because i don't go whoops yeah i've I've been pretty close to where like I like hit the top of it and I end up catching it before it falls. So <laughs> I've been pretty lucky. Have you accidentally spilled any dye on the disc that you were spinning? I have. I did. I think it was a commission work and I was going to splatter it. And for some reason, like the dye came on like clumps to where like there was like a big drops of like dye that landed on the disc. And I tried salvaging it, but I couldn't. I posted it on Instagram, on my stories, like super on sale. It was, I had it selling for pretty cheap, and somebody ended up buying it. I haven't looked too much, but have you done any blood splatter effects? Not intentionally. I've done some to where like, it looks like blood splatter, and I think that turned out like pretty cool. I've done it a few times. I haven't done it like too many times. So I know you like spin dyeing and you're comfortable with spin dyeing, mm -hmm. but do you foresee trying any other dye methods in the near future? I was thinking about it, but I feel like it's just like spin dyeing is kind of like what kind of got me to where I'm at now with like social media wise. And I kind of just like, like sticking to that. I've done like some stencil work here and there, but I'm, I'll probably just stick to spin dyeing. Well, don't get into stencil work because it's a lot of time and uh, not worth the effort sometimes. Yeah, I, it, it's a it's a long process. So I know you already talked about one of your fail stories or a few others, but do you have any more? It's probably just that melted disc is like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I've heard people say that, but I've never seen one. So it was actually kind of cool to see that. I don't think that's PDGA legal anymore. So No. It's just a good reminder not to uh, mess with that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any tips or tricks that you would like to give to either new disc dyers or seasoned veterans out there? For spin dyeing, it's just a lot of practice. I feel like that's like the biggest question I get is like, what's the best way to do it? It's just a lot of practice. A lot of practice finding a good rhythm, 
work on your timing and that's all it takes i mean i've been doing it for over three years now so i've had a lot of practice yes um and when you first start out you're not going to be good and practice does make perfect lollipop skin uh, spins i said eh, screw that i'm done i'm not good enough <laughs> that's um yeah i tried to do it multiple times and i just i can't so unlike stencils or other beds what you do actually takes practice and i'm not dissing those other techniques but what you do does require skill yeah because i know with like cell dyes because i know that's really popular right now I've seen like people who start out and like a few weeks later, they're already getting like pretty good, pretty good dyes. But with spin dyeing, it's definitely, it takes a while to, to master it. It can be easy, but also very difficult depending on what you do. Yeah. I just do a very simple spin dye, usually on my discs on the edge to hide up any of the mess ups that I've done. And I just feel like spin dyeing, is like the chef's kiss and completes the disc. Just makes it more finished. Yeah. Do you like to keep the stamp or wipe the stamp? I usually like to keep the stamp. Uh, if it's like somebody want, if a customer wants the stamp gone, then I usually take it off. But I tend to keep keep the stamp on the disc. Sometimes you, sometimes it has like a pretty cool effect when you like die over it because acetone kind of like wipes it a little bit, but most of the time I'll keep the stamp on the disc. Do you do any masking either with a stamp or just on the disc in general? Sometimes I'll use glue to like put over a stamp. If I, if it like, if the stamp is too big or like too close to the edge, I'll kind of like glue off some spots and like die over that. Do you do any other glue masking around the edges uh, to get any interesting effects? Um, I've done a few, nothing recently. It's, very difficult to get like that dark like with like when i'm doing like the because there's like the like lines you can do like on the edge with like the glue and it's hard to get like that dark black like on the disc it takes a while and a lot of dye and with like when going over like the the glue after it's dried like all those bumps it tends to leave like those like dark marks and it gets a little annoying after a while <laughs> After you're done spin dyeing, is there anything that you do to clean the disc or any after action items that you do for that? After dyeing, I tend to just like let it sit out for about 12 or like 24 hours, usually just like overnight. And then I'll wash it with cold water. I'll let it run under cold water for about 30 seconds. And then I'll wash it with dish soap and the magic eraser. Do you use heat at all? I do not. No. Yeah. So if you were to start disc dyeing today, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you do differently? Probably not. I think the only thing I would probably do differently is some of the colors that I have. Cause I was just using like the, like six or seven colors from worm dip. But now I think I have like close to 30 or over 30 colors that I use. So I'm assuming you have all the colors from worm dip. How many colors are there from Warm Dip? I don't actually have all the colors. I have some of them, but not all of them. But a lot of them is just like mixing with other colors. What's uh, what is your favorite custom mix that you do? The one I've liked so far that's like pretty popular is like the dark like teal color that I use. 
I know a lot of people seem to like that one. Do you, do you have any secret recipes for that that you want to share? Uh, I probably won't share them, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Um, have you used Caribbean? Uh, yes. That one, uh, for some reason, when I mixed it with like the worm dip, it, it didn't like saturate. It took like, like I let it sit for like two weeks and like it was barely showing up on the disc and I just like sprinkled some, I forget what color it is. Hold on. Let me see. There's a different blue color. They're Sonic blue. I just like sprinkled some of the Sonic blue in it and it just like, it helped it. Hmm. Like, I don't think it's like the true Caribbean color, but it's, it's pretty close. Yeah, I've noticed that for whatever reason, Carib- Caribbean's is a little bitch and doesn't like to saturate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you buy your worm dip, do you get it in, in those containers? Because I know they offer, um, I don't know, like the larger pint-sized metal cans. Actually, Great Lakes Discs, the shop that I'm sponsored by and the one I buy all my discs from, they were buying dyes to like sell in their shop for quite a while. Um, and they would buy like the pints and I'd buy like, the the ones with the clear dye in it and i'll just pour them into the jars that i already have yeah that's awesome so worm dip is a wisconsin-based company if you didn't know that i did not know that now you know that so (laughs) it didn't have to travel too far (laughs) so i know you kind of touched on this but i'm going to ask again um are there any other dyers that you draw inspiration from and where else do you get your inspiration from or things that you learn? I mean, my, when I was starting out, uh, my biggest inspiration was disqualified. Um, I try to like replicate like some of his dyes, like starting out, but like now I go like, I have like my own method that I like to use, but I also like to get like some of my inspiration from like the, disc golf dyers page on facebook like i'll see some people doing like spin dyes and some of the color combinations that they use so i I like so i try to like replicate or use like my own variation of it i feel like you're really good at spin dyeing and basically the main message that i'm hearing is practice because it really doesn't matter what you have or you don't have any special sauce besides practice yep uh, so one the, thing that probably will help some newer disc golf dyers or even like some veteran ones is learning the color wheel. I was I went to school for graphic design for a few years, ended up dropping out, but learning the color wheel was definitely a huge help. And it's definitely like good to know what colors mix with other colors, what colors will turn like a brown and stuff like that. So that's definitely a huge help. So if you think that JL dyes, dyes are unattainable, just practice. There is hope and there is no secret sauce. So you too can do it if you want, which I don't. So, (laughs) um, is there anything else that you'd like to talk dye specific related? Um, I don't think so. So we are going to get to know Justin a little bit better on a personal level. So the next segment that we're going to do is favorite fave. What is your favorite band or song? I probably don't really have a favorite band. I feel like kind of just like my genres of music kind of like change all the time. But 
I feel like lately I listen I listen to a lot of like Sirius XM like on my iPad like in the car and I've been listening to a lot of like hard rock lately. I feel like that's like my favorite genre of music. That's like something I kind of like grew up listening to. Yeah, I grew up listening to my dad listening to 80s rock. So, it's that's kind of my jam. Do you yeah. what are some of your favorite bands? Probably, I don't think I can really name any off the top of my head. There's just so many out there. What is your favorite food? Probably pizza. It's just something like <laughs> everyone likes. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like pizza, well, why why not? It's the best of everything, really. Yeah. What is your favorite beverage? Probably, I like root beer. It's just something I always drink. I drink it a lot. Do you have a specific brand that you like? Um, I know some people are really picky about it, but yes. I'm not. I'll like I'll drink like pretty much any brand of it. Okay. Yeah, I find it fascinating that people are so picky on that, but oh, yeah. it's, like especially root beer. Like some people like will stick to one brand and stay to that brand, but I like I'll drink pretty much anything. Besides disc golf and disc dying, what other hobbies do you have? Probably drawing. That's something I did growing up, like, through, like, middle school and high school. And that's actually why I got into, like, graphic design. Like, that's why I went to school for it. But it's not something I do a whole lot anymore. But that's probably one of my biggest hobbies. Uh, are you physical medium or do you like to do it on digital? Uh, usually, like, physical. I'm not too good with, like like, on digital. I've done, like, stuff, like, on... Like the Photoshop, Illustrator, stuff like that. But you, I usually like to stick like pen and paper and stuff like that. Have you ever tried drawing on an iPad, um, like with Procreate or some other app like that? Yeah, that's one thing I like to do right now. That's like when I'm trying to like come with like a new design or like a new logo or something like that. I'll... So I know that you mentioned that you went to school for graphic design. Um what do you do now for a day job? I'm actually a full-time, like, stay-at-home dad. So I do that. And I, uh, before that, I was doing dying full-time. So I did dying full-time for about a year. And then my son was born. And now I stay at home with him. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, do you do any graphic design or any... Uh, freelance artwork at all? Uh, I do not. Like I, I did the graphic design design school. For, I think I did like two or three semesters. So I, I don't have a whole lot of experience. But <clears throat> I would recommend not going to school for any arts, <laughs> but go for business if you want or something. Yeah. Because at least for me, I feel like I'm self taught on a lot of things, and I don't know. Yes, college is good, but I don't know if it would be right for me for what I wanted to do. But mm -hmm. where where did you go to college? Well, I did a few semesters or a couple years at a community college in the UP, and then uh, my girlfriend and I moved downstate to Grand Rapids, and then we were both going to Grand Valley State University, and I did a couple semesters there, and then ended up dropping out. Yeah, I'm assuming it just wasn't your thing that you wanted to do. Uh, that plus, like, 
financially supporting us while we're down here. Well, she she was full time, and then I ended up quitting. I started working, working full time, and that definitely helped out quite a bit. But she just graduated with her bachelor's last winter, and she's now in her master's program, which is pretty nice. What does she do? She is. She's going for psychology, but she works as like a ABA. I don't know exactly what it's called, but she works with like kids with like autism and like other stuff like that. That's awesome. So you said you moved down to Grand Rapids from the UP, correct? Yes. Where in the UP did you live? Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I lived about 20 miles west of Escanaba, okay. like the Bark River area. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a drive from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, it's pretty far, I think, from everything. So there's mm-hmm. that. Uh, did you grow up there? Yeah, I grew up there. Uh, we just moved down here about four years ago. But other than that, I've been in the UP. So I'm kind of surprised you don't have more of a Uper accent there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, one thing that, like, I don't have. Oh, geez. I don't know. <laughs> well, did did you like it up in the UP? I do like it. Like, I feel like I'm more of, like, I like the cold more than the heat. Hmm. But I just don't like the snow. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. Um... So I'm curious, when you're living in the UP and where you are now, um, for this next section, for the Lee Perfect Hole, what has been your favorite course and or hole that you've played so far? My favorite course is actually in the UP that was built, I think it was about three years ago now. And it's a Eric McCabe designed course that's in Gladstone, Michigan. And th- uh, I know somebody this past summer went through and like trimmed like a lot of like the fairways, and it's a very like wooded course, but it's definitely very fun to play. And it has two tee pads and two baskets on every single hole, and in the summer, uh, part of the course was actually built on a ski hill, and they like use that in the summer, which is pretty cool. It's pretty fun to throw like 300, 400 feet straight downhill. Yeah, I think I have a friend who has played that course. Is there one hole that's you're basically on the top of the ski hill or near the top and you're throwing down? Yeah. So yeah. I think I think they have two or three holes that go like downhill, like quite a ways downhill. That's fun to throw a bomber down the hill and it just goes forever. Um, went to another course with a friend up in the Superior Duluth area. Uh, I can't remember the exact one, but it's on a ski resort. And he threw, the hole wasn't down the hill, but he accidentally shanked it. And it just was like gliding forever. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Do you have any courses on your bucket list that you really want to play? Probably Maple Hill is up there. Um, I know there's a few other courses I can't really think like the name of. I know like the course they, I think it's Milo MacGyver. They play for Beaver State Fling. I would love to go and play that course. I've played a few courses that like that the pros play on tour. I've played in the Ledgestone Insurance Open. 
So I played like Lake Eureka. I played Northwood course. I played in the DDO open. So I played their, I played last year where they had Northwood gold. I didn't, I've never played the Supreme layout yet, but I played their, uh, the golf course one. Can't think of the name. But so what is your PDGA rating? From the current updates from, I think it was just the other day, it was 977, I believe, which is my highest, the highest I've ever been. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for next year. So I'll definitely be signing up in quite a few tournaments. So the next section that we're going to do is your disc selection. If you had to pick three discs to use for the rest of your life on any course, what would those three discs be? For putter, I would probably pick an Emac Judge. That's something I switched to uh, earlier this year, and I've been liking it a lot. It's something like I could putt very straight with. Uh, I could throw it nice and straight. For mid-range, I would probably go with my Fusion Verdict. I have it like beat in pretty well, so I can get it to go straight. I can get it to turn over. Driver, I would go with the Fairy Driver. I would go with my Raptor I fell in. Uh, I know those just came out a few months ago, but ever since I've started throwing it, I've been loving it. They go very far and very straight. From your three discs, I can kind of assume, but do you have a favorite brand that you like to throw in bag? Uh, mostly dynamic, but I throw all trilogy discs, all trilogy plastic. How many discs do you typically carry when you go play? Um, it depends when I have, like, if I have my cart with me, I usually probably carry like about 25 discs maybe. But if it's just a bag, it's probably around closer to 20. I'm curious, how far can you throw for your furthest drives? I think the furthest I've like recorded on like the U disc app is about 560 feet. But I've no, I know I've had like throws that have been further than that that I haven't recorded. But I can, I can get a disc out there pretty far. <laughs> uh, do you know what disc that was that you threw that far? Uh, it was a. Pro Destroyer, I believe. I don't have it anymore. I threw it in the water, but. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Well, that, that distance is pretty damn impressive. Um, yep. I just have a noodle arm, so. Um, yeah. So the next section is Dream Date. If you had to pick one pro disc golfer to play around with and hang out with, who would that be and why, if you already haven't already? I mean, playing. In some like open tournaments, I've had I've been able to play with like a few pros, and I don't know if you know uh, Kyle Klein. He's like a new like up and comer. Uh, he lives in Grand Rapids, so I, I've played with him quite a few times. But I think someone I haven't played with that I would like to probably Ricky Waisaki. I feel like. Just so like the practice rounds I've seen, I feel like it'd be definitely a fun round. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, met him once in person, kind of by accident, and he's a lot taller than I expected. Uh, one of the tournaments actually I played in, it was the uh, Ledgestone tournament. He was actually playing on the card behind me, and we had a backup on the hole, 
and one of the throws is over water and i was like pretty nervous and i ended up throwing like 20 30 feet short and landing in the water (laughs) (laughs) i feel Uh, like if he wasn't there i probably would have made it across (laughs) but uh the nerves definitely kicked in once i saw him yeah it goes to show you that uh playing in a tournament is a really big mental game oh yeah for playing in a tournament do you have any tips or advice that you give any people for that i mean i have like my own stuff like my own like routine that i go through before tournaments just like getting practice rounds in before then i do i usually before every tournament i usually go out like the night before and practice putting for usually like about an hour hour and a half i'll do like putts inside the circle some outside but all right well i hope you learned something um and that you can be empowered to do these lollipop spins it just takes practice so if you would like to win one of jl die's amazing die discs you can for one dollar so he will be raffling off a die disc again for one dollar and 100 percent of that proceeds will go to him so if you want to help support him continue his die journey uh going in circles uh go enter uh the raffle will be live when this podcast is released and will be live for two weeks and if you head to dyersguild.co you'll be able to find it there or there'll be links somewhere else so again one dollar to win an amazing die um so thank you justin for being on here uh where can people find your work and or buy some of your discs i post mostly on instagram i know some of those posts go to facebook as well but you can find me at jl underscore dies on instagram and jl dies on etsy i also do commission work so well again um i learned a lot and i greatly appreciate you being on here so Mm -hmm. until next time guys we'll talk to you guys later